Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today on the podcast, we're going to look at one of the daily office readings. Uh, this one comes from Mark 5. I'm going to read a fairly long passage of scripture and do something we don't normally do here at Renewing the Center. I'm actually going to, in this episode and in the next one, which we'll publish on Friday, I'm going to read the same passage both times, but I'm going to look at the passage from a different perspective. The The gift in this story is that it's, a, it's an encounter that Jesus has uh, with two different people, um, a prominent man named, with a name, Jairus, and an unnamed woman. And so we're going to actually look at the same story from two different perspectives. So today we're tracking with the Daily Lectionary. On Friday, we're going to be stepping away from the Daily Lectionary by doubling back and reading the same passage again, but looking at it from a completely different perspective. So I'm kind of excited to do this. It's a little departure from our norm. Let me read, again, a long passage, and then we'll pray, and then we're just going to jump in and see what we can see in the Word. Verse 21 of Mark 5. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered round him, and he was by the lake. And then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him. And a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all she had, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, for she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhaging stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say who touched me? He looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease." While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except James, Peter, and John, the brother of James. And when they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping, wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. And then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in to where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this, they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we thank you for this uh, beautiful two-part miracle. 
Lord, that you, Jesus, engaged Jairus and his daughter, and you engaged the unnamed woman who had the issue of blood. I pray that over these next number of episodes that we would be able to sit with these players, that we, Jesus, would see what you desire to do for them, and by extension, Lord, what you are looking to do for each and every one of us as we put our trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. I love layers. I love it when the Bible gives us a textured or a multifaceted uh, treasure to look at, and this story is one of those. I actually have so enjoyed my time in study getting ready for these two talks, and I really hope that you're, you're going to receive something good from the Lord both today and later on on Friday. So two people, and we're going to focus on the prominent man, on Jairus, in this episode. And then in the next episode, we're going to sit with the woman with the issue of blood. So let's, let's meet Jairus. He has a name, Jairus. He's a leader in the synagogue. He is an important man. He is a religious leader, a man of good standing, and he approaches Jesus. He seeks a formal audience with Jesus. This was the way things worked in his world. If you want something, you make a formal request. You actually go and send your people or you go yourself and you say, I would like audience with you. This man has a deep sense of neediness. His 12-year-old daughter is sick. He doesn't know um, He doesn't know what's going to happen to her. And I will tell you, when trouble and pain come into your life, it doesn't matter how important you are. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are. It doesn't matter whether you know how to work the back channels or the proper channels to do formal communication to get help. Need is need. And this guy is needy. In my own experience, and I think we've probably to one extent or the other over the last year all experienced this, need is an equalizer. A need puts us all on the same footing. If you or someone you know has been sick with COVID or has faced job uncertainty, it doesn't matter really whether you're wealthy or you're poor. Need is a a thing that pushes us close to the edge. And this guy now is living close to the edge. So he comes to Jesus and he says, my daughter is sick. And the next thing we see in this story is that Jesus responds to the need. He's not aloof from Jairus. He says, yes, I'll go with you. He gives the man his full attention. Jesus is not busy. He is present to Jairus. And I think for you and me, there's a, 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 a lesson here, an example here for you and me that when we have need, we need to make our need known. And I believe that Jesus is present to our need, responsive to our need. So Jesus is not repulsed. He's not distracted. He actually moves toward the need. He says to Jairus, I'll go with you. Let's go to your house. So they begin to walk to Jairus's house so that Jesus would be able to pray, might pray for the girl and bring relief. And I've just been thinking about Jairus as I've been sitting with this story. Imagine the relief he must have felt. Now, he clearly had a, a motivation for coming to Jesus. He had heard maybe that Jesus was able to work miracles. Maybe he'd seen Jesus work miracles in other contexts. And he is probably pumped at this point. He's thinking, well, thank God Jesus is coming to my house. But things don't go according to plan. There's a delay. Uh, As Jesus is walking toward Jairus' house, crowds begin to gather. They begin to grow, and they begin to press around Jesus. See, word has got out that he is in town, and people have come out to see him. Imagine how this guy must have felt. If he were nervous on the front end and then elated when Jesus said, I'll go to your house, now he's probably feeling stress. Time is pressing. He knows his child is sick. His need is desperate. He knows child, uh, the child is, is vulnerable, and time is of the essence. 
but Jesus is surrounded. And Jesus has this way when he's surrounded of being present to that as well. And that probably was somewhat distressing to Jairus. And what we see in the story is that an unnamed woman in the crowd presses against Jesus's body and she is healed. And Jesus stops and he says, who touched me? Now, everyone is touching him, but he doesn't leave things alone. The passage states that he looked all around. This is not a man who is in a hurry. And in the midst of Jesus stopping and looking all around, a woman approaches. She comes forward. Jesus then speaks truth to her. He comforts her. Meanwhile, this guy, Jairus, is probably losing his mind. His child is sick, and here's Jesus speaking to a woman, a woman who's not even important enough to be named in this retelling of events. Now, if Jairus is anything like a lot of people when they get underwater with stress, he's probably thinking, I'm kind of a big deal. Who in the world is this lady? Why is Jesus wasting time? I can only imagine the, the pain and the stress and the anxiety that Jairus would have been thinking, feeling. He would have thought, I, I, my daughter is sick. She's dying. And if you've ever been confronted with a major need, sometimes we become impatient when we are sitting with our need. We want God to help, but we want him to help on our timeline, not necessarily his. Well, if you're like that, you're like me then, and we're all in some ways probably like Jairus. Well, somewhere in the delay, all hope is lost. The child dies. People come from Jairus' house. They approach and they say, don't even bother. The thing you hope for is gone. The child's dead. Leave the teacher alone. Let him do other things because clearly Jesus is doing other things in this moment. Jairus probably confronted with what you and me are confronted with when we experience a delay in what we hope for. He's thinking, well, I guess God's up to other stuff. He's thinking about other things. Why should I bother any longer? And a lot of us probably listening to me today feel this way. Uh, We thought we had his attention, but he seems to be facing away from us. He seems to be doing something else. I think this is actually one of the roots of uh, disillusionment and discouragement that many of us face. But Jesus wants to continue the journey. The man has to decide whether he wants Jesus to continue the journey. So here's the kicker, y'all. Even after the disappointment, Jesus looks at Jairus and he's like, I still would like to go to your house. And Jairus had a choice to make. Would he say, well, no, it's too late? Or would he push through his disappointment, his discouragement, and say, all right, I don't know what this is going to look like, but come on anyway. And I think this is where many of us falter in our faith journey. We hope things are going to go a certain way, and when they don't, we're tempted to give up entirely. And maybe today, listening to my voice, that's where you are. Maybe you've been tempted to give up entirely. Maybe like Jairus, you would be tempted to say, Jesus, I'm just going to go home. You go do other things because clearly this did not work out. And when I put myself there, I'm deeply sympathetic to probably what Jairus was having to work through in his head. He thought, well, I took a risk and it hasn't panned out. And maybe that's where you are. Maybe you feel I've taken some risks and they haven't panned out. And so maybe it's time for me to just go it on my own. But what Jesus says to Jairus in his doubt is, do not fear, only believe. He's saying, fear pulls you inside yourself. Fear causes you to retreat. Fear causes you to hide. Let's not do that. Don't give up. Don't walk away. I believe the biggest test of Jairus's life was happening right in this moment. Would he invite Jesus when he did not understand to go with him or would he walk away? 
Would he move forward with God even as he grieved, even as his heart hurt, or would he turn inward and separate himself from Jesus? What Jesus is wanting to do is open this man up to belief. Here's how I do this. I make choices, especially when I'm discouraged, to behave as if God were good, even if I'm not certain that he is good in that moment. To choose to behave and live my life as if he were good, as if it were true. And that actually keeps me moving. And I think that's what Jairus does. So Jesus and Jairus get to the house, and it is a terrible scene. People are weeping. They are wailing. There is a crowd, another kind of crowd, another kind of commotion, different from the one where Jesus encountered the unnamed woman. We'll look at that in a couple of days. Here it's a a crowd of grief, a crowd of uh, wailers, and Jesus reduces the crowd. He says, we need to clear this group out. There's a time for the crowd, and then there's a time for a few. And in this broken place, this vulnerable place, Jesus weeds out the crowd. And y'all, there's something here for you if you are in grief. When we're in places of raw, real vulnerability, we need to sometimes weed the crowd out a little bit and just get down to very few trusted people who can walk alongside us when there is pain and unresolved hurt in our hearts. Too many voices in our ears when we're in grief and pain create confusion and distraction. So Jesus weeds the crowd. He thins the herd. And then there's healing. Jesus heals this girl. He brings life into a desperate situation. But you need to understand that the miracle only occurred after Jairus was willing to walk with Jesus in his pain. We may not get what we want when we want, but I believe that God is moving and working in your life and mine. I believe the Lord is inviting us to trust him even with our pain. But I love what happens at the very end. Jesus feeds her. He wants to strengthen her, make her strong. He wants to nourish her. And I believe by extension, he wanted to nourish Jairus. Father, I pray for my friends. I ask you to give us grace to trust you, grace to look to you, to believe you, God, even when we walk in places of uncertainty and hurt in the midst of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you felt moved or inspired by something in this podcast, an idea, an image, or an impression. Carry it with you into your day as a prayer, coming back to it again and again in the spaces throughout your day. Be curious about what God wants to show you. What in your life needs to hear this word of encouragement, inspiration, or course correction? And be courageous in your response. The Holy Spirit will give you the grace to carry out whatever He places on your heart. And thank you for being with us today. We look forward to having you with us again next time here at Renewing the Center. Mm